Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome, welcome everyone to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find us, listen to our archived episodes and our live programs. The number to call to listen live by phone is 605-515-9375. The website is blogtalkusa.com or you can listen on blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. You can also find us in podcast form. Just look for Blog Talk USA on Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Radio, and wherever you find Blog Talk USA podcasts, please do subscribe, and you can always find Marvelous Monday on those. Okay, I know we've got an exciting show ready to go for tonight, so here is my mom, Councilwoman Dr. Shirley McKellar. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Be muted unless you can't hear me. Let's see. Let's try this again. Can you hear? Can you? Maybe. Uh, I can hear there you. There we go. Can you un- <laughs> there okay. you go. You, I was unmuted, but you had me muted. Okay. Good I did. Good That's right. Anna. <laughs> That's okay. You have to unmute so your mom can get on the line with you. And I was saying, uh, yes, I'm I'm tired of waiting for change. Uh, Music says, are you waiting for, are you tired of waiting for change? Yes, I'm tired of waiting for change. So Mm -hmm. good evening to everybody out there. We're so happy that everyone has joined us on Marvelous Monday. We always look forward to Marvelous Monday. Uh, Whether you think it's marvelous or not, I say yes, it is, because every single time that we open our eyes uh, to another day to include Monday, it's marvelous, right? It's marvelous. How are you doing? Yeah, so there's my fraternity brother over there, Mr. Arthur. Good evening, Mr. Arthur. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, and I just want to say that I quit waiting on change a long time ago. I changed. (laughs) That's right. There you go. And that's what has to happen. I'm so glad you brought that forward, frat brother, because if that change doesn't take place, then we have to be that change. And so we're going to have a group of young folk on with us tonight who is out there making things happen, making that change come forth. Uh, We just got in from the school board uh, that's still going on right now, the Tyler Independent School Board, another meeting, and one of our Our sisters uh, spoke on behalf of the district and how important it is for us to make sure that all of our students know about the foundation and the the school foundation and the things that can happen for every single student. We have to make sure that every student is disseminated that information out there so that they'll know how to guide and direct their time uh, in the public school district, whether it's public school or private school. I know some folks attend uh, private schools, but now I'm specifically talking about public schools. 
And so we also may talk a little bit about uh, that uh, before the show is over because we know that it's getting close to the time for school to begin again. And we know that our students have been out for this past semester all the way back early on uh, in the early part of the year. And we're very concerned about uh, what's going on in the great state of Texas, as we know that we're ranking very high with uh, coronavirus uh, cases in Texas. Uh, we're up there. We're up there with Florida. We're up there with California. So we have yes. to make a change. Including and I, with children. I said to, include, absolutely with children. So we'll talk a little bit about yes. that. But I want to begin by, by inviting uh, Ms. Larnick uh, Laquire in. I think that she may be on with us tonight, and if she is, if you would uh, open your, I'm sure that Ms. Rihanna probably has, I don't know if you have all the lines open or not, uh, Ms. Rihanna, right now, but I'm going to say. I'm opening them as they come in, yes. Good, okay. Uh, Ms. Larda, if you're on with us right now, would you come on and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the the group uh, that is here in East Texas? and that uh, some of the work that they're doing, and then we'll, in, we'll introduce each one of our uh, young folk, our young activists. We're, we're just so excited, uh, Ms. Rihanna and Mr. Arthur, because we got all these young activists that's just coming out of the woodworks and just walking the streets and making sure that that change that we're talking about, the change that we've been looking at for a long time, that now they're making that change just like we've made that change uh, some time ago. So are you there, ma'am? Ms. Lorna, are you there? Okay. Not sure if she's there right now. I don't know uh, who all is there, but I will say that go ahead and open up and introduce yourself one by one, uh, and you can start. I, I can actually call some names. Oh, she said, okay, let me see. That's another uh, information that's come through there. Uh, we were out there at the school board tonight, and uh, and so actually uh, Miss Trude, who everybody knows, she is a, a, a cross-country runner for Robert E. Lee High School, and so her mom was out tonight there at the school board, obviously, and so um, she may come on and talk to us a little bit. Uh, there, Let's see. I don't know who that is. The 610, it's the 610 number. If you're listening and you can hear us, uh, open up your lines and go ahead and introduce yourself. The 610 area code. Good. My yeah. name is Dana Keller and I have the Campus of Care <laughs> Healthcare Corporation Grief Management Call. We are joining in with you guys tonight. Excellent. Well, well, well that's, she's no stranger to any of us, <laughs> Professor <laughs> <laughs> say hello to Miss Rihanna and say hello to uh, Mr. Arthur, who happens to be your fraternity brother. Uh, and of hello. course, you know exactly who Miss Rihanna is. Hello. Absolutely. Yes. We talked about bringing our grief call on because we have this conflicting time. So tonight was a great night to get started. We're going to try to do Mondays with you guys. We're on Monday and Tuesday Excellent. night to talk about loss of income, loss of family members, loss of normalcy everything that encompasses this coronavirus crisis. That's outstanding. Well, then, since uh, I'm going to text out to our uh, special guest, then why don't you go ahead and open up our show and tell us a little bit more about Campus of Care and, and, and as well as the Grief Counseling Group and why 
uh, you decided to start that group, how it got kicked off. And so we'll just, just share all the information that you'd like to share with us. And then, of course, you can tell us about the special design of masks that, uh, that you make. <laughs> and every time I wear my designer mask, uh, they said, now, who decided to make designer masks? And so I said, well, if we have if we have to wear masks, we have to we we want them to match our clothing. So uh, they so may as well be pretty. <laughs> may as well be pretty. Okay, so go ahead and give us a little bit about the campus of care, and I'll send a text message out yes. to the other group. Well, I will say that I have uh, one of our moderators, Tiffany Walter, who is the sister of Tawana Walter, Katie, and she's on with us. You want to say hi, Tiffany? Yes. Hello, everyone. Hello, Miss Tiffany. Great to have you on all the way from Houston, Texas. It's always a pleasure. It's to great you. to be here. Yes, thank you so much. She is the sister of Tawana Cadian. Everybody knows Tawana Cadian on this uh, radio broadcast. She ran for United States Congress in the 10th District out of Houston, Texas, and to have you on as part of the group. Is there any others that you want to introduce? If not, you can go ahead and tell us about They are a a little slow getting on, but we have uh, Shannon Glenn, who is the president of Let's Talk, I'll Listen. Shannon is the daughter of my classmate, Lillian Martin, from Southwestern. And Shannon's in her 30s. She is our psychotherapist who comes on and does counseling. We also have Lady Patricia Butcher out of Philadelphia, who's a social worker counselor. But the Campus of Care Healthcare Corporation is a company that I founded in 2005, right after the Hurricane Katrina crisis. And through my disaster medicine training, I thought that we needed a place to call our own, and we've recently, two years ago, opened a second office in DeSoto, Texas. We are a public health research institute. Our primary focus is maternal fetal health, and we offer CPR training for the lay public, for our healthcare professionals. We have COVID-19 remediation services, and our signature product is the McKellar Longitudinal Women's Health Study. We have 1,000 women who participate in the study, and we need to have 5,000. So as often as I can, I'm out telling people about it so that they can come and give us their anonymous data so that we can connect the dots epidemiologically, come up with some answers for some of the societal ills, and then get the government to fund us and keep finding cures. Very good. So... You guys meet every Monday, and so you have uh, ladies, or are there gentlemen that's involved in this project, this program? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are some men. We have a great deal of parents who come on because it's just a special kind of grief when you have lost a child. Uh, grief is hard, and I came across the three-year mark to the death of my eldest son, who happens to be my middle child. That was in February. So we started this right before the coronavirus crisis hit, and we broadened the parameters of grief, not really knowing what we were headed for, and we've had a great response. The first night six months ago, we had about 35 people on, mostly from the East Coast, but we do have a lot of people from Texas, from Houston, from California, and we're on conferencecall.com. We are moving to Zoom, and eventually we're going to move to our classroom there in DeSoto where we'll have scrapbooking and arts and all kinds of fellowship, social distance, of course. Our classroom seats uh, 
20 people, we will probably have about mm-hmm. six or seven people, just so that people will get get the feel for the stages of grief. Uh, even right now at three and a half years, I'm just now starting to think clearly, believe it or not. Oh. Well, let me ask this question then. So uh, grief is obviously we know is very important for people to go through uh, the process. And, and I was trained under uh, the five stages uh, of grief. Uh, what are some of the things that grief does to the body? Uh, and because uh, people will say, you know, if uh, I, I I just could not grieve, and, and then the next thing we know, they they have some other illnesses uh, that are going That's on. Right. Uh, from That's oh, right. So, so dialogue with us a little bit on the vulnerability of the uh, immune system or the body itself. Uh, if it does yes. not go through a normal grieving process. Go right ahead. A- absolutely. Um, grief can really be traced back to an evolutionary position back when we were hunters and gatherers, that if you lost especially a son, that that translated to your ability to eat. Uh, the sons went out with the fathers to hunt for the food. So if you lost that strongest boy, that really threatened your ability to thrive and to live. So you can have headaches, you can have memory lapse. It's a form of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. You might have alopecia, hair loss. The one thing that I can remember, it took me about six months of getting dressed, actually talking out loud, lay out your blouse, lay out your pants, step into the shower. I had to talk these things through, and I can remember feeling like there was a metal plate in the frontal region of my cranium just keeping me from being able to think. Your frontal region is where you do your executive planning. You figure out your day, and so the way I compensated for that was to just talk it through. And then one day I woke up and I said, hey, I don't have to talk about how to get dressed anymore. It was really rough, and people thought that I did so well because I like fashion, and I just decided whatever horrible thing I'm going through, I'm going to be cute while I'm doing it. But it was really a, a tough time for me. Looking back on it now, I can say it was much more um, rough than I ever admitted to at that time. Exactly. Well, I've, I've heard people uh, say in talking about their uh, uh, psychological stress, but also talk about uh, new disease processes that they would end up with, such as hypertension, hypertension, uh, diabetes, yes, diabetes. Even even some talked about uh, stroke, having blood clots and strokes, and so uh, just broken heart. Well, the broken hearted syndrome, I believe, is right. uh, is an actual diagnosis for that that could cause a person to go into um, into having uh, cardiovascular disease and, and heart failure. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, heart palpitations, the lack of appetite. I lived on smoothies for the first six weeks, and I'm a thin person anyway, and before I knew it, I had lost uh, 25 or so pounds, and thankfully I have gotten them back. But grief is different for everyone, but the negative hormones, the cortisol that's going through your bloodstream, uh, you need to talk about the grief. You need to fellowship with people who are going through the same thing so that you can work through it. And when I hear people say, oh, I don't need the counseling, I can do this by myself, it's really a grave mistake. So we started this program, and we're looking to expand more. We're writing for some grants to be able to give books and pens and journals. We have 
great uh, books right now. The next one we're going to go through is called The Ripples of Suicide. And uh, wow. we have a couple of people who family members recently committed suicide in our group. So we just have a, wow. a lot of fun things planned. We're going to take some trips to the Civil Rights Museum as soon as we can get uh, clearance to travel. We really are going to take uh, this grief workshop out on the road. That's outstanding. Let's talk a little bit then about some stages of grief and and how long uh, that people go through grief. Uh, I, I know from my studies of the, of the stages of grief, uh, people could be in denial for years, uh, and then and then they may get to the point of acceptance, and then they turn back around, and then they may back up and go back to the stages That's of denial. Right. Talk a little, talk, yeah. Talk a little bit about uh, that process. From physiology, from the textbooks, and from uh, psychology and sociology, there are at least three different grief models that I know of. One is shaped like the mathematical symbol, the hyperbola. That has about 19 stages, and I really like that one. Then there are five stages and seven stages, which are anger, disbelief, shock, and finally acceptance. For me, uh, it was disbelief for a long time, but just anger. And not ang- people have asked, were you angry at God? No, I wasn't angry at God. I was just angry at the situation because <laughs> I just thought it was horrible. And I don't suffer sure. with anger at all. I don't have any kind of mood swings. And the one thing I can say, I have a great and strong family and support group. But I don't know how people go through any kind of trauma without having um, the strong family and the strong uh, Support network that is so important. Right, very, very much so. I I came up under the uh, Kubler Dr. Kubler Ross's uh, five stages of grief, and so right. I hear people talking about uh, the history of those five stages and and how that they would get to a certain point and they stay stagnant at that point and may not ever even get to the point of accepting uh, the fact that. Uh, that somebody is not coming back or they're gone or it's just so traumatic uh, for them that they're just not able to accept what is actually going on. And and, in your case that I I can imagine, well, I can, I do know, and I understand how difficult uh, for a young thriving uh, person uh, that had all of their years in front of them uh, in our minds, to lose their in lives. Uh, yeah, right. in our you right. And that's the key right there, right? Correct. In our minds because right. we can't in see the fu- we can't see the future. We don't know what's out there ahead. And so therefore we see something we see one way and God sees something entirely differently. Uh, any any would you like to invite any of your other friends in to say a word or two and then I don't know if, if Miss Tiffany has some comments and things that we know that she recently lost her mom. Uh, at a beautiful service uh, for her mother. We were able to be there in Houston, Texas with it as as we celebrated the beautiful life of her mother who was a registered nurse and did some great work uh, in the community. Miss Tiffany, would you like to say something? And after that, we'll we'll bring Miss Rihanna and, and uh, Mr. Arthur in. They may have some questions. Uh, uh, go ahead, Miss Tiffany, if you'd like to have some comments. I'm going to my my phone is 
really been enjoying the the grief management call. It's been very therapeutic for the last few months, and um, I never tapped into anything like this before. I never really dealt with grief uh, except for uh, you know, my mother as far as really filling the steps and all the process. And I'm so grateful to God for us having this platform to talk about it freely and be able to be a support system to other people. So it has really been a blessing to me. Great. That's very good. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm always great. Thank you. I'm always curious as to where people see themselves uh, after a year, uh, even even after six months. In, in my study, when I when I took uh, these courses uh, in my career uh, under uh, Dr. Kubler Ross's five stages of grief, which we know uh, the first one was denial, and then that anger that uh, Professor Nataka talked about. Uh, that uh, and you're not necessarily angry with God. Some people have been. Some people have said, "Yes, I'm angry with God because He took uh, He took that person away from me." And then people will spend their times uh, bargaining with God. If you if, uh, if, right. if you if you send my person back because they because they still are in denial that 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 death has occurred. If you send this person back, I will donate and dedicate and and devote my life to you and the community, and I'll walk water and, you know, all these things that they would promise uh, to God if that person could come back. And then they get into that, that state of depression. And then finally, eventually, which is the outcome of, of what you really want, and that is to accept the fact that, okay, that my loved one is gone, never coming back, so I, the only person that I can change is myself. And that's the change that Ms. Rihanna and I were talking about at the onset uh, of this show. And that's what we're seeing happening uh, out there every single day now that – that people have to work to change themselves to help to change situations. So if, do you mind sharing with us, Ms. Tiffany, where you see yourself right now uh, in your grief process? You said that this, this program has been very beneficial for you. Uh, what I see myself in this, uh, at this stage in life is that I know that my mother is gone. And I don't know if I'm fully accepting it. Well, somebody had just said something about fully accepting the accepting the loss. Loss. Sure. Uh, I was there, as you said. It was a beautiful service. I went through the services. I looked at her at the pictures of her uh, um, burial, and even though I see it, sometimes I'll, I'll just go back refresh my memory. On that evening, I have not looked at her videotape yet. I have not looked at the CD, uh, the DVD, but um, I know it was real. And I, I'm just, I'm just in a place. And I guess because me and my mom had such a wonderful relationship that I, I may not even go through. I was telling Dan and whomever a few weeks ago that I have not really cried over my mother's death. And I think it's because I've had, I had such a beautiful relationship with her that yeah. there are no, there's no room for tears, you know? I, I, I only can be grateful 
I can be grateful over the time that I had her. I can be grateful over the life lessons that she taught me. So that's that's where I am. I'm I'm not in a sad mode. I'm not in a um, real happy mode. And make sure that I'm being the best person that I absolutely can be and do all the things that she taught me to do because she was a wonderful, a wonderful yes. mother and a wonderful yes. example. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and, and a wonderful friend. Uh, that That's great. Hey, hey, I'm yeah. going to bring... Hey, hey. Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Mm-hmm. I want to ask, yes, I'm glad she said it, because I want to ask Tiffany, I was going to ask her, is there a such thing as a happy griever, uh, uh, you know, is that or is that antithetical to grieving? And then, like, what she just talked about was where, you know, she had a satisfying kind of a relationship where it was kind of, she, it was kind of, I guess she kind of already saw it. And so she's kind of already dealt with it. But, but I mean, but, but can you can you be a happy griever, or is that just a suppression tactic that people use on themselves? I think. Let me tell you what I think. Let me tell you. Now you brought up the word happiness, and it's making me smile now because I have been saying this for the last few months. I am so happy that my mother is gone, that she does not have to deal with this corrupt and dark, chaotic world. So I'm happy about that. You know, um, it brings me happiness to know my mother does not have to worry because you grandmothers worry about everything. So how they're going to do it about her you know, how he's doing this in this pandemic. But now she doesn't have to be here to worry about that. And and by her being a nurse, she will be so concerned about all her elderly patients. And if they have food and their families are visiting, it will be added stress to her life. So I'm Mm -hmm. really glad that my mom is down at this point in life. So Mm -hmm. that makes me happy. I'm, I'm happy that she's not here. Because I don't have to worry about her being worried about other people, if that makes any sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm so delighted that mm-hmm. you said that, Ms. Tiffany, because I've said that about a lot of my family members, that they don't have to endure with this COVID-19 and all of these issues yes. that we're having to deal with uh, in, in our country uh, today. So that was an excellent question, uh, Mr. Arthur. I, we actually have another guest yes. on uh, with the uh, 903216 number. I think that is uh, Ms. Ruby Kendrick, who also is uh, from the medical profession. She's a physical therapist, and we would like to say welcome to Marvelous Monday. Great to have her on uh, to dialogue with us in this conversation uh, here. Good evening. In, uh, yes, great. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, ma'am, and so it's great to have you on our show tonight. Wow, I'm glad to have the opportunity. Uh, as Dr. McKellar said, I'm a physical therapist, uh, live here in Tyler, Texas, and a member of the Gamma Omicron Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority here, uh, past <laughs> president, and yes. also uh, very active in the League of Women Voters. I just recently was appointed to the position of vice president of operations, uh, of programs, and so just uh, looking forward to all of that involvement with the upcoming election in November and being 
on that team and collaborating with others in our Get Out to Vote initiatives and getting people registered and everything pertaining to that. Very good. That's excellent. And and, uh, actually, Ms. Ruby Kendrick is actually a very, very active person uh, in our community. And Mr. Arthur, that's your sorority sister that's joining us tonight. Uh, He is a member of APA, yes, and he's one of our co-hosts for the show uh, out of Dallas, Texas. Great. And, uh, of course, yes. So it's it's great to have you on, uh, and she's been very active out there in every aspect of the community. And as she mentioned, she's our past president, uh, and I was she's trained me well. I was able to follow in her footsteps and become the president of that our chapter now. So it's great to have uh, have you on uh, with us. And any any comments in regards to? Uh, I don't see to any, I'm sorry. <laughs> what was that, Ms. Arthur? <laughs> Says, me. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I, I think we have another guest on. I, uh, let's see. We have a four six nine four three nine. I don't know if that's one of our special guests that was supposed to join us on tonight. If so, can you introduce yourself? Okay. Well, we'll continue our conversation. Ms. Rihanna, would you like to join in on this conversation and have anything in regards to uh, grief? As we know, Ms. Rihanna lost her father uh, fairly recently. And all of us have experienced uh, grief and death, some more recently uh, than others, as uh, uh, Professor Nataka mentioned. That actually, it was my grandson that she was talking about. And so, uh, oh, that's Ms. Yolanda that's on that's joining us tonight as well so so i i can share with her and understand uh the process that she went through with as far as going through the grief and and the the tragic situation with my grandson very very young so i i think it's it's probably more devastating sometimes uh when when people uh die at such a very early age we're we're actually uh, getting ready to memorialize uh, the great uh, Congressman Jen Lewis, who lived to the uh, age of 80. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, Dr. C.T. Vivian, who was a, a longtime civil rights activist right along beside uh, Jen Lewis and Dr. Martin Luther King and many others. So we're actually seeing, uh, we're seeing a lot of deaths. And then, of course, look at the number of deaths that, that we've seen across these United States and across the world. And whereas some of the people that, that we know right here in Tyler, Texas, have lost their lives, uh, but all of us are actually going through a grieving process right now. Even, even divorce uh, is, uh, is a death. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that we can experience, uh, and it does not necessarily have to be the death of a, a person. It could be the death of the situation. And people talk about, uh, you know, when I went through a divorce, uh, my goodness, I, I lost this and I lost that, and, and I lost the life that I was accustomed to having and the, the way that I lived financially and all of those things. So that, too, uh, is a form of death. Anybody want to dialogue on that? Miss Rihanna, you can jump in if you feel like jumping in tonight. And, and we salute Miss Rihanna because she is with child. And so uh, okay. we're praying, oh, yes, we're praying that, <laughs> that she can last 
uh, and not have that early C-section. She's scheduled for a C-section next month. So uh, any comments, Ms. Rihanna, in regards to the grief process? And then I'm going to try to find my, my guest that's supposed to be on with us tonight. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I really, um, first I want to say I really could identify with uh, what um, Ms. Tiffany said um, about, you know, having relief that her mother is not here having to deal with her own ailments, but also what we're going through right now. And I really can identify with that. I, I was just thinking the other day, my father um, was things like, you know, the, the COVID pandemic, for example, would really have upset him. He got very upset. Uh, he was very empathetic and nervous and um, a little bit of a hypochondriac <laughs> um, in general. <laughs> and I honestly believe with his health deteriorating the way it was, I don't know that he would have made it through this COVID pandemic just out of nervousness and constant worry for his family, for his loved ones, uh, for others. And, you know, so in a way, I really could identify when, when Tiffany uh, mentioned that. And I also wanted to say just how glad I am that you're doing this um, this support group because, you know, between roughly 2005 to, you know, around the mid-2030s, uh, the baby boomer generation, uh, you know, 90,000 people at least, uh, you know, some have and in the future will have lost one or both parents um, right. just because, uh, you know, it's, it's just like a baby boom, a, a death boom that all of us are going to be experiencing right. and, and currently experiencing. Uh, just, it's just so important. And I, I just, I'm always grateful that you think of these things. And this is just another brilliant and kind and uh, important idea that you've had. Oh, thank, thank, thank you so much. You're welcome. We really have uh, been received well. And to talk about the happy griever, um, when we were in the emergency room and everyone who's heard our story before knows that our son was attacked by a pit bull that he adopted and loved. And when we got the call after midnight that Toivo had been bitten, we were thinking, okay, well, he's been bitten in the face. Well, we'll do some cosmetic surgery and I'll camp out at the hospital for six weeks or six months. And when we got there, he was already gone, and there were about 75 Philadelphia police officers in the lobby. And as long as I've been in healthcare, that just went over my head. And when the surgeon started to say, well, we intubated and we made heroic measures, again, as much as I've heard that, it went over my head. I didn't know that he was going to say, but we couldn't save him. So my then-husband, I was married for 28 years, and Taka just hit the floor. He just hit the wall and down he went. Well, me, I began to shout and praise the Lord because Toy was separated from the family for several months, and I just began to think, praise God, he's gone, but he's here with us. He died in his own home, uh, a triplex that he was fixing up. He was majoring in business like his father wanted him to, so everything was perfect again if that makes any sense. So I know they were looking at me like I was crazy because you're supposed to be sad when someone says 
your 21-year-old son just passed away. And by the way, next month would be Toivo's 25th birthday, and his foundation is still going strong. In Dallas, we feed the homeless at least once a month in his honor. We've given out masks in the name of the Cody Foundation. So it was just a, a lot of emotions, but everybody, uh, Timba, our youngest son, who found his brother with his face half eaten off, was just stoic and strong, and he has just turned out to be the big brother, and he used to be the little brother, and Talani was devastated. Oh, so everybody just grieved in their own way, and with our strong support network, we have gotten through it, and everyone is doing wonderfully today, and we just want to reach back and help everybody else who may be going through these things right now with COVID-19 because we certainly have experience on how to overcome tragedy. Very, very good. Wow. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, any any other comments in regards to that? And then if so, then we'll continue this conversation because I would like to talk a little bit about Congressman John Lewis, dear friend that we spent lots of time with every that's, single that's year right. in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. He was amazing, amazing. And, and we're so happy that we were able to along with uh, Miss Ruby Kendrick and myself, and a busload uh, went down to Selma, Alabama, uh, to the um, march on the uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge. Uh, at that time, they were talking about uh, renaming that bridge after Congressman uh, John Lewis. And, of course, there, there was a family there whose mother was part of that uh, march during the time that young John Lewis was uh, on that Bridge, and of course we all know who she is. As a matter of fact, she rolled across that bridge uh, when we went there for the 50th, uh, when President uh, Barack Obama was President of the United States. And if you guys can picture that uh, photograph, and, and I know that you saw that, and you've seen it many times on television, where she she was holding hands with President Obama, and she was rolling across the bridge with uh, in her wheelchair. Well, she actually is from uh, Selma, Alabama, and so uh, some of her family wanted to see that bridge uh, named after her, and so everything was halted a little bit. But uh, Mrs. Kendrick, you tell Hello? Yeah, share with us. I don't know why we're getting the radio music, but share with us your experience uh, in Selma, Alabama, and uh, and what your takeaway was and how you enjoyed that. I just share with us being there uh, on that bridge with all of those folks from Washington, D.C. and all across the country. Go ahead. Well, uh, well, initially I was like, I think, a kid in the candy store, you know. It's like, oh, my goodness. I, You know, I, I want to do this and I want to do that and we got to go. You know, it was like, where do – we start in respect to the activities that we attended, but in regard to the experience crossing the bridge, at one point I was almost literally in tears. I mean, <laughs> just the, the vision of everything that happened uh, originally on that bridge and to um, be a part of that experience. I mean, I almost, I mean, I could literally almost, you know, just feel and see everything that was going on 
regarding people yeah. being attacked. And I mean, it was it was it was really scary that I you know yeah. when I started feeling that way, it's like oh my goodness, what's happening yeah. here? <laughs> and I couldn't. And I had been, you know, several of us had been together. Of course, there were just so many people. And we eventually, you know, got bumped along and kind of got separated a little bit as we were um, moving up. But it was, it, and, and even if I had still been, you know, beside somebody, I, 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 at that point I was not able to have a conversation. Right. I was just in that moment yeah. and mm-hmm. um, feeling <laughs> obviously just grateful that I had this opportunity. And now that uh, Congressman Lewis is gone, it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. That was uh, needed to do it at that time. You know, exactly you, sometimes right. opportunities come about and, and you, you know, you don't really, you really, I mean, it's significant, but you don't really realize the true significance of it. Until later, exactly. And, um, you know, it, it was it was it was different. But I, I, even though it was a turnaround trip, I wouldn't. I don't regret it at all. I, I would do it again. Exactly. I mean, it 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 was worth it was worth it. It was worth every every mile that we traveled. It was worth it. It was so much fun being on the bus. But but what the one thing that I want to mention, uh, Ms. Kendrick, that I'm so grateful about, and I thank God for this every single day, is that we traveled to Selma, Alabama, in February, and that was during the time that Corona virus uh, had already oh. hit America. And not one, and we were all on this bus together, having a wonderful time, uh, stopping for uh, along the way uh, for our food and so forth. And and no one got sick. I mean, absolutely no one got sick. I hadn't thought that. about that. Oh, I thought about it. I, I I thought about it repeatedly, and thank thankful for it that no one, because as I said, the coronavirus had already hit America. Uh, we just did not know that it had hit America because we were kept in the dark about it uh, for a very long time. Ms. Rihanna, can you share with us and talk a little bit about our trips to um, to Washington, D.C., to the Congressional Black Caucus, and then we, we'll bring Mr. Arthur in because he may have some experiences with uh, Congressman John Lewis. But talk about uh, how he treated all of us like mm-hmm. we were his children, like we were just mm-hmm. like we were in Congress. I mean, to see him mm-hmm. on the streets, to see him at our events, to see him at the uh, Phoenix Award, the big, big award banquet where everybody's in their tucks and tails and so forth, and and just mm-hmm. mixing and mingling and having an amazing time. Tell us about share your experience uh, with us, Miss Rihanna. Well, the the first year that I went. Um, to the Congressional Black Caucus with you, um, one of the very first people, uh, Congress people, who we actually saw was Congressman John Lewis. And that was one, if I could have dreamt up the most (laughs) magical scenario, this would have been it and this was it. I really wanted to meet him. And we're walking down the street, and he's, you know, we're, we're walking towards one another. 
and he just so, so warmly and graciously walked right up yes. to our group, right up to you, <laughs> um, gave everyone just a warm welcome. And yes. um, I know for me personally, I, I was extremely embarrassed because I just couldn't <laughs> speak. I just started crying. <laughs> Tears just welled up in my eyes, and I'm, I'm looking at this giant it just yeah. I didn't I couldn't speak and he started laughing because he was happening to me <laughs> and he said it's okay and I finally got the words out thank you thank you thank you so much and he said okay and then we saw him uh, a couple more times and each and every time we saw him during that yeah. trip he would come right over and yeah. Greet us again and make sure we had seats and what we needed and where yeah. we were going. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll be darned if the next year, right there, coming out of the, he was coming out of the same hotel and we were walking down that same sidewalk. He saw us again, <laughs> remembered each and every one of us, and gave us hugs yeah. and shook hands. Yeah. Just the most gracious, kind-hearted. Yeah. And the things yeah. that he said to each person in our group, he said something personal to each one of us and uplifting and kind. And I know for me personally, the second year, uh, what he said to me (laughs) was that he remembered, (laughs) he remembered me and that he was happy. I could could speak. (laughs) (laughs) Out of our whole group. Why would he remember Miss Rihanna? Why would she stand out? Can you tell us? Why you stood out in the crowd of our group, Ms. Rihanna? My daughter, my other daughter. (laughs) The the probably obvious, the most obvious reason to my mind at the time was that I couldn't speak the first time and I could speak the second. But also, I was the only Caucasian member of the group, so that might have made me stick out a little bit. (laughs) That may have made a difference. Exactly right. (laughs) Very good. Yes, he was amazing. He was larger than life, really, and just and amazing. he just never forgot you. Uh, and I, what what stands out with me with uh, with Congressman Lewis is that he told me repeatedly, "You can win this seat, this United right. States Congress seat. You can win this. You have exactly the ability." Right. Time we were together, he said, "You can beat Louis Gohmert, and hurry up yes. and do it." <laughs> you know. So he yes, was, he did. He yeah, never he said anything new. nasty about Louis Gomert, but he was nope, so no, focused he on you and telling you exactly. how amazing you were and powerful you were, just so kind and heartfelt. Kind, just amazing. What about you, Mr. Arthur? Did you have the opportunity of meeting uh, Congressman John Lewis? Well, uh, uh, well, well, basically, I say, you know, I mean, you know, he's he's an icon. You know, you know, he always have been. I'm a civil rights student, so yeah. you know, so I'm well aware of his position in the history. So uh, again, like I say, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure he wants us to take this moment to uh, yeah. focus on the work, the Voting Rights Act, all the other issues, and, and so forth that he was for. And so I think that's what we yeah. need to do. You know, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate him. And then we don't. And then we're gonna take his spirit and go back to work. Exactly right. And and, and I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you brought that forward, uh, Mr. Arthur, because now is the time for us to continue this work. Uh, because as I mentioned, we lost two two outstanding 
uh, civil rights activists. And so, alpha man, so now, alpha man, CT Vivian, alpha man, yeah, CT Vivian. You're alpha man. That's right. Your brother. That's like our brother. Yeah, you're you're a frat brother. Our frat brother uh, as well. So, um, and so John, anyway, uh, John Lewis was a sigma, from what I understand. I think he was a sigma. Yeah, he was. That's absolutely correct. He was a sigma, mm-hmm. uh, but um, but but Dr. Vivian was a uh, a five. So outstanding. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, Miss Rihanna, you take over. I'm going to uh, try to reach out to some of our people, and also I'm going to send. Miss Tiffany said that she she was got herself disconnected, so I'm going to send her uh, the number back so she can call back in. And if you'll take the helm, I'm gonna. Oh. No, they said, oh, oh, my goodness, oh, no, I uh, got a message from one of our persons that says she's running a fever. And the one thing that, that I, I say repeatedly out there is that we have to, we have to make sure that we're totally prepared uh, to have all of our, our personal uh, protections on uh, equipment, uh, putting a mask, and, and some people are still out and about not wearing uh, not wearing their mask. Uh, this is really serious. So let's maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, the, how we can have the death of COVID. Uh, and I bet that nobody will grieve over it once it's dead. And so let's talk about how uh, that we can push forward in helping to mitigate uh, this horrific. A disease called COVID-19. As I mentioned, being out and about, uh, seeing people who just are not uh, uh, embracing uh, the mask. And so I say to people, well, if you want to be patriotic, if you want to embrace the Constitution that you talk about all the time, uh, why not care about uh, be patriotic enough to care about your fellow man as a ancestors mm-hmm. would say, care about your neighbors, care about the person that's out there with you uh, by, by protecting yourself, staying your six distance, uh, six feet distance, six feet or more, uh, wearing your mask. And, and even for the, the churches, when you're, you're back in your churches, and so I, I noticed that some people, when they take their mask off and they're speaking into the same microphone, uh, some people don't even stop to think about the aerosol that you're putting out in the air uh, and you're using the same microphone because, once again, we don't know who's positive uh, who, uh, for COVID, especially uh, you can have a test today and two days later uh, you can be positive uh, and, and not even know because you're out and about. You don't know who has uh, the symptoms because people can be asymptomatic. Comments from from anyone in regards to uh, the COVID nineteen and how on earth that we can make some changes. I live in Texas, and as you know, Texas is ranking there with California as well as Florida. We're we're high on the totem pole because we opened our our state in May a little earlier than what we should have because we still had a lot of uh, new cases. And I live here in Smith County. Every single morning, we wake up and get our reports. Our cases are rising higher and higher. Any comments, anybody? Uh, now, if you remember, do you remember a few months ago on, on several of these shows, uh, we talked about the fact that when they start their reopening, we said, because at that time it was playing like only black folks could get it. 
And then, and we said, what's going to happen is it's going to blow up, and now this is where we are. You know, and again, it was pretty much predictable. It's just ridiculous that we have a president that's a killer. He 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 feels like he's killing minority. I'm looking at his niece said it. His niece said he's using this disease to kill <laughs> to kill minority. That's what she said. That's what his niece said. Because I already knew it. But uh, you know, we have to understand where we at. This is uh, 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 New York. We're military people. You get on a war footing. You know, a lot of people still walking around like. You know, like, oh, you know, like, da did I do? And, uh, you know, and that ain't what time it is. So I just hope folks uh, take the mask wearing seriously, uh, 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 you know, and all the other precautions, all that, you know, you know, getting together and stuff, stop it. Uh, we can't right. get rid of this thing, but, you know, we're going to need some national leadership. And, unfortunately, uh, you know, he got other plans at this particular time. Exactly. So... My goodness, I don't even know where to start with that. Let, let's even start. Let's talk about since you brought up the niece, uh, and uh, we know that the, her book sales are just going amazing. I think she sold a million books in a flash, and so uh, I'm trying to find my book. They're they're not on the shelves yet. There's a backlog, I understand, of the book, uh, but I tell you what, I want to read it. Uh, I, I really want to read it, and. Uh, so if anybody out there has the book and they've read it, uh, please call us and let us know so we can borrow your book, and we'll pass now, it around I, so that everybody can it. I have it on Audible. You know, you can get it on Audible and listen to it. And that's what I'm well, uh, that's, that's what I'm going to Yeah. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I got it on okay. Audible. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. yeah, so I'm going to listen well, to I'll, it. I'll, I'll have to pull out my, um, uh, my special machine that I can – Pull that up on. How did you? Where, mm-hmm. where did you find it on Audible? What, what, did, what did you well, get you know, that on? I'm one, well, I'm one of Amazon's favorite people, so you know, okay. so I got okay. a. You know, so you know, you know, Alba's one of their customer guests. They try. They, they gave me two free books, so that's one of the books that I picked. So I'm, I'm so I'm, I'm listening to them this month. You know, you can order whatever kind of book you want, but yeah, but it, but, it, but it's there. So if you want to, if you're going to listen to it, like just just get it through Audible. If you, you got an Amazon account, you can be, you can probably get it. you can probably get two free books. And, and uh, Audible is one of my favorite because, uh, Mr. Arthur, you know that you're you're prior military, and in the military, my uh, my best friend, uh, the late Colonel Rose Hazlett, and I, uh, we we just couldn't turn off the lights and go to bed at ten o'clock at nighttime in the military, so we had to turn off the lights, and we're in the tent sleeping so so we had all of these books on tape that we could listen mm. to she was on one side and I was on the other side because we did everything together in the military and so I would mm. listen to the books until we fell off to sleep <laughs> so uh, thanks thanks for making me aware of that because I'll go I'll go looking for that uh, once I get okay. off the phone or tomorrow because I, I I can't wait to read it any comments uh, Miss Kendrick any comments in regards to anything that we've talked with Hello, uh, no I think <laughs> oh, go ahead, Miss Kendrick, and then we'll get that person in the background that said hello, everyone. Are you there? It, it's it's good. hello. Can you hear me now? Y- yes, I think yes, ma'am. It, it is a a challenge to get people to understand the importance of wearing a mask. I you know, given I don't understand why they don't, and so it's. 
nothing that I have said has seemed to have have worked for some people. Some it has as far as, okay, you're right, I need to do, you know, I do need to be concerned about it. But I, it's, it's just amazing. I don't I don't get it. I don't yeah, get it. It's been, the, the issue has been that, that pandemic has been politicized. The first time in ever anybody ever heard of a, a pandemic, a disease getting politicized. It's been, it's, it's been politicized. If you're a Republican, you don't wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you so right. I know it don't make no sense. It don't make no sense, but 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 that's why. But, but that's what they're doing. They say it's a freedom issue. They got that freedom to yeah. give you the corona. Yeah, and it's like you know, it, it's it's like it's, it's going to have to touch somebody. I mean, them or a member of their family. I mean, is that what it's going to take for it to be real for people? I mean, certainly well, don't wish that on to, anybody. Look here, anyhow, we are in America. Uh, leadership. Trump has shown us that leadership actually matters. It matters who the leader is. Folks do follow yeah. the leader, and yeah. we have we have a person in that position that could do all those things you're talking about, but that person has decided, and that party has decided not to do it. Why? Because they don't mind minorities dying. That's why. That's why they don't care. Mm-hmm. Because as long as you die, as long as you're getting sick, there's more of you. Because they don't care about white people, or white people, they don't care about mm-hmm. them dying. You know, they want they want you to die. So you have to understand. <laughs> yeah, and it's all based into the white supremacist uh, a mindset that they're trying to uh, rearrange and bring back. So uh, that's why they do it. That's their mentality. Again, to them, it's like mm-hmm. a free germ war that they can just do by not doing anything. He 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 said he don't want any more testing. He 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 wants to hold up the money for testing. He wants to hold up right. money for it. So what they tell you? He wants you dead. Like I said, they want us dead. We're gonna vote instead. Ain't they right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Vote instead. Okay, come on with that. I like that, Miss Rihanna. Any comments from you? And then we're gonna dialogue a little bit more on uh, Benice's book. And someone just texted me and said, "What is the name of the book?" And it's uh, too much. And never enough. Uh, and that book is uh, uh, by uh, Dr. Mary Trump. Uh, she's a, a psychologist uh, and a very smart one. It, uh, it appears. So uh, go go ahead, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Rihanna. Comments? Well, I just I think it's so important that um, in the absence of any sort of sound, sane, rational, data-driven leadership from nationally and state elected Republicans um, and the politicization, pardon me, I can't say that word, um, of this entire um, virus, top to bottom, from the fact that it originated in uh, Wuhan, China, and all of the, you know, calling it the China virus and deliberately uh, misrepresenting data having to do with the strains of the virus and how it originated, uh, deliberately throwing ideas out there that are just false and baseless. It's up to us to vehemently oppose embracing baseless conspiracy theories and racist conspiracy theories that are being deliberately put out, um, false information that's being deliberately put out, 
um, the idea that somehow, uh, you know, wearing a mask is tyranny, which is an idea that's deliberately been put out from the very top, from the, you know, the so-called president. And for those of us who are scientifically literate or even respectful (laughs) and somewhat (laughs) understanding of science, um, and not, you know, of the mind that we should reject intellectualism and the scientific method. It's up to, to people like us to, in any way we can, step into leadership roles um, and lead and educate others um, about, you know, what is, what is sound information, what is sound data uh, about the mask wearing, for example, what is nonsense that's being peddled. What's the difference? How can we tell? Um, and who, who do we know to believe? Who can we listen to? Um, and just make sure that we're constantly peddling out good ideas and sound logical um, data uh, to combat the garbage, the deadly garbage that is being pumped out there constantly from leadership, from people who are supposed to be leading us people who scrapped the entire pandemic, um, you know, playbook that was left for them, uh, who intentionally uh, smear experts and reject the idea of anything scientific. um, We've got, that's what we're up against. So if we have any skills at all in these areas, we've, it's kind of up to us to try to step into some of these leadership roles where we can uh, and look out for one another. Very good, Miss Rihanna. Very good. You know, what's really interesting to me is that seeing all of these people who are getting sick and all the people who we have lost is so amazing. And, and, and let me say thank you, uh, Miss Kendrick, who, for signing on uh, with us tonight. Uh, she's going to get off and do a little work because, as you know, we all have to do our work on the computer. She's a, uh, one of the she's the director of covers a region here uh, in uh, East Texas, and so uh, the work is always there. Thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Come and join us at any time. But uh, back absolutely, bye bye. Yes, thank you, ma'am. What what I was saying is that. Seeing all all of these, and I'll, I'll bring uh, Professor Nataka in because she's a uh, she's a scientist, um, a, pers- a scientific person, and a scientist and a researcher, right. uh, and to talk about uh, and to see all of these things that are happening to people and not thinking that this is real, and wanting to put yourself out uh, to to actually get this kind of uh, disease for, to happen to them, and we know the severity of it. Uh, Professor Nataka, you want comments in regards to the coronavirus? I don't know if we lost her or not. I, I don't know if she's still with us. Oh, but uh, I think her yeah. call did drop. Okay. We have an 832-731 uh, call on if you would like to come in and introduce yourself and, and uh, have some comments. By all means, go right ahead. 832, that's out of Houston, Texas, an 832-731 number. 721, sorry. I'm sorry, 
And that's part of a, a kind of a bigger trend because we, you know, part of the, the misinformation, what, what this White House keeps doing and what a lot of Republican elected officials keep doing is as soon as there's just a little piece of information that the virologist thinks that we know, uh, rather than put that information into context and disseminate that information in a cohesive, um, you know, contextual, contextually accurate way, uh, we had Donald Trump coming out for his COVID virus, you know, happy fun hour show talking about ingesting bleach and taking hydroxychloroquine and kids don't get it. And then you hear Greg yeah. Abbott say, well, kids don't get it. And then you hear the governor of Florida, DeSantis, say, well, kids just don't get it. Well, now we've had some time with this virus, and since data kind of goes this way after some time and experience, uh, you know, looking at what this virus actually does do and who it does affect and who does get it, uh, we do know that, in fact, kids are getting it. And there's a big boom of kids getting it right now in Florida uh, nationally. There are 175,000 cases. We have had children, including infants, to die from COVID, uh, several. Right. Um, we have, there's a huge boom in several counties in Florida, uh, in Arizona, and as we mentioned, the 85 babies in Texas, but that's just babies. There's lots of kids in Texas. Yeah. The, those yeah. numbers are spiking, and we also know that older children, um, high school, middle and high school age children, while um, we are learning that they can uh, become symptomatic and get very, very sick, just like adults can with COVID, they also spread it just like adults do. Young children, so far, we're not seeing that they spread it at the same rate as older, uh, as adults. But yeah. yeah, but older children do spread it at the same rate, which we know is is way beyond a one to one. Uh, I forget the name of that. Where he's the flu, for example. Um, we know that it's higher than one to one. For every one right. affected person, you know, it's 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 definitely higher than one to one. Well, it's the same for adolescents and adults. Um, so just these myths about kids are just false. Kids are dying from this and spreading yeah. it. Yes. Hey, Rihanna, I want to tell you, the, the clown show is coming back tomorrow. He's going to start back doing those press uh, press oh, briefings tomorrow. Yes. So the clown show is back. Oh, my Good grief. Well, you know, yeah, that's I'm pregnant, so I can't drink. Uh, so I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Exactly. That's a, that's a good one. Well, think about this, guys, since we're, we're talking about um, – uh, we're talking about this whole COVID thing, and we know uh, that school is getting ready to start up again. And Miss Rihanna has young young children that are in school, and and I have uh, young grandchildren that are in school, and then I have college uh, students uh, that that are well. Of course, they already know that they're taking things online. Uh, because that's just the, the, the world that we're in right now, uh, hybrid classes and online classes. Uh, I, I think every university in this country uh, now, and remember, 
uh, University of, uh, what was it, uh, Ari- what's the name of the university that started the online course at University of Arizona? I believe it Phoenix. was. Phoenix. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Phoenix. Yeah, well, I knew it was, Yeah, that's right, Phoenix. <laughs> University of Phoenix, <laughs> which is in Ar- which headquartered out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and now it's everywhere. And they actually were, were the incubators who actually really started that. And now every every co- every university. I can remember when I was working on my um, what was I working? Oh, yeah, my degrees in political science. And so I didn't think that I would like hybrid classes and online classes. And of course, I had a lot of those doing my doctorate uh, program as well in nursing. So, so I got very accustomed to sitting at my computer and watching the professor uh, as if I was sitting in the classroom. And so let's talk a little bit about what we can expect to happen uh, in August or in September when, when school opens back up and, and the young folk are back in school or maybe they're back in school. We're hearing now in Texas that it's probably going to be delayed the first six to nine weeks. Uh, and then possibly that some kids will go uh, two or three days and then the other kids go another two or three days and then possibly there's going to be Saturday school. Uh, so tell me what you know. Uh, first, we'll start with you, Mr. Arthur, uh, in Dallas, Texas. What are they saying? And I think it's TEA, the Texas Education Association, that's actually talking about all of this and helping to make decisions for all of the districts throughout Texas. But what are, what are you hearing in regards to school? Mr. Arthur, we'll okay. go around. Well, why don't you just preface my comments just by saying that we have to do this because one one man can't think straight. Uh, mm-hmm. But what we're doing here, what they're doing here, of course, having discussions just like they are, you know, all over America about, about what doing. What I'm telling, you know, like my position is, hey, y'all, don't y'all let these people kill our kids. Don't y'all let them, don't, don't, don't let them do it. Now, the, the, C, the CDC guidelines they put out, has to do with airflow and these type of things, well, that automatically put put the majority of our black schools offline, right? Because you know, mm-hmm. airflow sure ain't what you're getting. So, sure. uh, so anyway, so 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 based on so what I'm what I'm being carried folks to is they need to again, you know, they've got to beef up our uh, technology base, uh, you know, to make sure that all these families need, you know, you know, make sure to have what they need, whatever it is, they need to get it for them and get it in their house. Uh, uh, you know, until we can get past this pandemic. And once the pandemic is over, though, I think that we'll be. I, I think I think the school system is going to change uh, forever. I think that um, you know, you, you know, for instance, you know, for instance, like uh, you know, we used to spend like the kids to spend and have to go home for you know two or three days. Well, now he can go home, still be in school, so he won't miss any yeah. instructions. So he kind of set different things up, uh, you know, like that. So I can see the technology. Uh, the uh, uh, now here in Dallas, one of the one of the uh, school board people, he's for he he's pushing for year round school, year round school. Uh, so you know, and they're talking about different stuff. You know, like the you know, like uh, you know, like uh, long school days, right? So you can stand the classes mm-hmm. out, but then mm-hmm. with all this, you have to hire more teachers, though. Exactly. You got to have more money. You got to pay. You got to pay more money. So so uh, you know. So again. You know, we're at the time where, you know, again, to my, excuse me, speaking stuff to existence, we need to, we, we need to speak new schools all across America right now. Now, they, okay. now Nancy Lowe, she, she do have something in her bill 
uh, of you know fuss schools. Uh, I think I think a hundred billion, but that ain't gonna be enough. But anyway, uh, but that is a start. For, but we're gonna have to rebuild. All, we need to rebuild all these schools. All these seventy percent of Texas schools have lead in the water. Seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, got lead in the water. So that's, that's poison. A lot. That's that's, the, that's like that's like health problems later on. That's like mm-hmm. I mean that's like you, you don't like not learning what you can learn. I mean it's behavior issue. I mean it's a lot of stuff that go you know make your life go bad. And so and again you know. You know, we got to do something about it. So that's one of the things we're going to have to, uh, uh, you know, speak to existence. New schools, please. Okay. Ms. Rihanna, talk a little bit, that, uh, Mr. Arthur has opened that up, and talk a little bit more about uh, our school funding uh, because he's absolutely correct. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to be interesting. School is, I don't think school will ever be, or anything else that we're doing in this nation will ever look the way it used to look. I think this is our new normal that we're talking about. And, and, and even though some of the students, some of the schools, this depends upon the program, some of the schools here in Tyler, Texas right now are already year-round, depending upon what the program is. And in particular, those, those schools that have special needs uh, children. The new school, we're gonna, they're going to have to create, they're going to have to be pandemic-proof. Pandemic mm-hmm. proof. So, mm-hmm. so, okay. so, so, whatever pandemic proof school is, that's what we need to have. Okay. All right, Ms. Rihanna, yeah. comment. <laughs> well, I just want to point out the divide between what we need, the things that that uh, Mr. Arthur has highlighted that are essential for the public health and safety of our kids and our teachers and our communities. Uh, these are just basic essential things that we were warned about for years about a pandemic like this happening, that, you know, what, what, what's going to get us as humans, as, as a species will be in the form of a virus. Um, yes. You know, it's, it's been warned and laid out. Uh, response plans were laid out. They have been completely ignored. And so this divide between, what a logical discussion uh, and mapping out a a coherent plan to get there um, on the one hand, and then on the other hand, um, people who just uh, handle it by pretending none of it's happening, uh, by spinning weird conspiracy theories about how you know the fascist. Um, Somehow the left fascist wing is trying to uh, control you by making you wear a mask. You know all all this nonsense, and that kids, you know, kids can't get it. And what are you doing? And we have to reopen the economy. Things that have nothing to do with public safety at all. That gap um, has to be addressed and addressed appropriately and acknowledged and and we have to do something about it and the only way we do something about that is by going to vote by making sure we're registered to vote these people make public policy these people who pretend that none of this is happening none of it's important it doesn't matter if your kids die it doesn't matter if you you know you've been a teacher for you know 30 years because you care about kids and you're in a vulnerable age uh, group or, or health group it's your duty right. to go to school, and if you don't, you're just a union thug. You know, this mentality, 
this gap between logical uh, and, and and empathetic people um, and and the way we're thinking about this as as a human race and these other people who have power right now to make public okay. policy. And part of what they, you know, part of what's happening right now, we heard Betsy DeVos, uh, Chris Wallace interviewed her and informed her, you can't just not fund schools because they don't do what you want them to do. It doesn't work like that. And she right. said, well, we're, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Well, we're coming up with, basically she's <laughs> admitted, we're, we're going to come up with some creative loopholes to get them to do, you know, to strong arm them. Well, one of the things I read today, Republicans who are forever trying to strip, snap uh, funds, funding away from our budget, uh, one of the things that they're talking about now, one of these loopholes I suspect, because they're bringing, up, bringing it up again, is um, cutting funding from SNAP programs. Well, where is a lot of the money coming from when we're doing non-traditional schooling, which a lot of schools are, uh, they're not yeah. planning on opening in person. Um, but the, one of the things that they provide, especially for students who are on free and reduced lunch, are meals during this pandemic. They did it in the spring. They're going to do it again in the fall. A lot of that money comes from the SNAP program. So one of the ways that this government's going to try to strong arm us is, you know, if they can't just blanket strip funding, take away food. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's crazy. Look for those little tricks. They're playing these little tricks, and they're deadly tricks, and they take away from us, from taxpayers, from our children. And, you know, th these people make policy. We have to stop this, and the only way we can do that is by deciding <clears throat> that we make the policy, and we do that with our votes. Very good. Well, I'm glad that we're talking about the school uh, tonight. And uh, let me just share this with the listeners out there. On last week, last Thursday, as a matter of fact, we had our Tyler Independent School uh, Board meeting. And uh, and so the uh, the board voted 7-0 to change the names of John Tyler High School as well and, and Robert E. Lee High School. Yes, and they're trying to run. Uh, are you talking about that treasonous or, flag, that that anti-American yes. racist I, I flag? Traitors. Okay, I, I, got traitors. That That's be, right. That may be the one. Traitors. Yeah. Well, at any okay. rate, they're, run, they're running people of color off the road, and uh, mm -hmm. and so I I had videos and I had uh, photos and everything that have been sent to me uh, showing. Uh, what is have they that? have they what filed complaints to law enforcement? Have they filed any law law enforcement complaints? I was told I was told that they had filed a complaint and uh, they were told that nothing could be done, and so uh, mm -hmm. so I will be following up on that 
uh, myself uh, and uh, with our uh, local uh, police department and our chief. But but the reason why I wanted to tie all of that in is because I wanted to make this announcement, and I don't know if you guys uh, uh, have heard about this and read about it, uh, but uh, but Miss Regina, Deputy Regina Scott, uh, is actually the first Black woman to become Deputy Chief for the LAPD, the Los Angeles. Uh She was uh, awarded that uh, position uh, within the last 24 to 48 hours. And so she's going to be covering, uh, she's going to be the deputy of, uh, she's from out of Orange, Orange, New Jersey. And I believe she's going to cover um, operations in the Central Bureau. And, you know, in, in what I found out in California is Los Angeles is they have a tier. They have, uh, they have generals. They have general one, two, three, and four. And so she is a general one. That uh, that will now uh, be one of their deputies uh, in that division. This is the first. This is the first in the history uh, of uh, of Los Angeles PD. She's the first Black woman to become a deputy. So we want to salute wow. um, Gina uh, Scott uh, for uh, for a job well done. And so we're very very proud of her. So go ahead, Miss Rihanna. You have something else for us? Oh, no, I just wanted to ask you, um, since you and, and Mr. Arthur are both um, experts in this subject area as veterans, combat veterans, too, uh, if those flags and those trucks were ISIS flags and those terrorists were running Americans off the road the way that they were running Americans off the road, would the police be able to help in that case if those were <laughs> ISIS flags? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I, I would think so. Yeah, I, would, I, I mean I because would. we we know that those flags represent the oldest, longest running, most deadly domestic terror group this country's ever had and still has. So I'm not sure why it's different from ISIS. Well, I was still. in the Air Force. Well, I was in the Air Force, so you know, so we didn't. So, so I never got to uh, see any of, of those type flags. I guess the guess the KKK wasn't flying. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> they stick close well, to home usually. It, well, let me just share with you that I was sent a litany of um, of text messages. Well, no, Facebook messages of, of of the plans that are being made. They have organized a group, and uh, and they're texting and sending and sending information back and forth to each other. And what they should know that that nothing is, is is secret, nothing is private. When you put things out there on the internet, they're there forever, mm-hmm. and somebody can break into everything and anything that you're talking about. And just because you have a closed group does not mean that that group is closed. And so everything that they're saying back and forth to include, there are females involved as well, and. Uh, and, and I have all of, I have all of that dialogue uh, on my own iPhone to be submitted. So um, so nothing is is, is private, nothing is secret. Um, people. Mm. So, Miss well, Gannon, well, I believe you said that. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur, quickly. Let's just make sure they file a complaint and make sure they follow up on it. And and uh, you know, and make sure we may not need to come down there and hold a press conference. Yeah, somebody. Uh, right. As a matter. Arthur, we, we're working on putting together a memorial in honor of uh, uh, Mr. John Lewis 
And so uh, perhaps you can come for that. They've already started to have memorials uh, in his honor okay. and everything. So we're, we're working on that now. We're in hopes that we'll be able to. Okay, well, y'all can mention it. Okay, you can bring it up in the context of that then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you, would, if you would go ahead open up and, and let us know what other guests might be on tonight um, and uh, we'll go from there. Because yes, uh, Dr. Nataka is back on uh, with us. And then we've got a 402 and a 903. And I just want to ask everyone, please mute your phones when you're not speaking. We're getting a lot of background noise. I've got all the lines open. So if you'll just mute your own phone. Until you're ready to speak, that would help us out. Thank, thank you for that. So tell us what numbers that you may have now, and we'll go from there. And and please, Uh, we've got mute your lines if you're not speaking or not planning to speak. Because we do hear the background noise, we hear the moving around, we can hear water running, and those kinds of things because. These these microphones are very sensitive. They pick up all of that background noise. Tell me the number that you may have, uh, Miss Rihanna, and so we'll call on that person. Um, we've got Dr. Natakas back on with us. Okay. And then right, I, I just closed. Oh, sorry. You closed some lines. <laughs> I closed one line, but I'm reopening it because that's not. I don't think that's where the noise was coming from. Four o two area code. Dr. Nichols, if oh you're on with us, come right in. Dr. Nichols. Good evening. Good evening. Great to have you on with us tonight. Dr. Nichols, I, very, very busy. Tell us tell us a little bit about who you are, Dr. Nichols, and what you're working on uh, right now, whatever you want to share with us. Go right ahead. Well, I did want to chime in about that crazy character in the red truck because I have seen him here locally, and he was – I, I just thought he was texting or something the way that he was going off into another person's lane and, and that person had to take evasive action. But now I know because I saw the posts on Facebook that this is a specific tactic aimed against people of color. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, you're, you're, you're exactly correct. And, and it all started, as I mentioned, it actually all started after the voting that took place on last last Thursday by changing the name of Robert E. Lee High School and John Tyler High School. And I can share with you that that the high school that I graduated from uh, is no longer standing, uh, period, uh, here in Tyler. But that does not uh, deflect or take away from the memories and the history uh, of my high school, none of that. That's still, that is within, I know exactly what my yearbooks show and the things that I did in that high school, even though, yeah, it, it was tragic that the building and the campus itself was taken down and not not able to save that, that uh, building and that campus because it could have been a, an amazing uh, uh, African-American museum. Uh, there was so much history there. Uh, we won uh, trophies. In football, basketball, baseball, band, we were one-one every single year. All during the course of that, uh, the history of that school, 
uh, we have the same principals, we have the same educators, we have the same band uh, professor. The whole entire time that I was at my high school, we only had one band director. And so, and then he went on to become my daughter's band director at Jen Tyler High School. But, um, but, but there, there's no reason uh, for for the the violence. We we, we want uh, to have. Andrew, have, have you all, okay, have you all reported that to the DOJ? Have anybody filed complaint to the Department of Justice about that? No, no, no one has filed complaint to the DOJ, and we will. I got. Okay. I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the DOJ because because we were talking to a young man today. Uh, about uh, that and the fact of some things that need to take place. We only get that complaint. What is our chief of police saying? (laughs) We'll definitely talk about it off the air. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Professor Nataka, do you have... um, have any comments? Uh, and then we have a 936 number. I'm not sure who that number belongs to. And we have a number. If you, you'd like to join in with us, go right ahead, 936. Okay, 208. Now, are those area codes? Now, I know the 936 is an area code. That's out of Nacogdoches, yes. Texas. Uh-huh. And then the 208 is an area code as well. Not yes. Sure. Okay. Okay. Not sure where that that's located. If either yeah. one of those. Yes, it is an area code. Oh, hi there. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, now you get it. Remember <laughs> <laughs> that area code now. How are you doing? Greetings. Welcome, Mr. Dave Hansen, one of our dedicated, hardworking Democrats in Smith County. Say hello to us and anything that you want to talk about. Uh, uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us who you are. Well, um, you know I, the answer to that. Obviously, the uh, audience doesn't. I right. relocated my wife and I to uh, the Tyler area a year and a half ago from Idaho, hence the 208. Uh, I, in Idaho, I was act, active as a, uh, they call precinct captain, and uh, in Ada County, uh, I was rather active, especially the, the last couple of years. Um, I Hopefully my learning and skill levels transfer here. I find very challenging, as uh, you especially and maybe others know, at the Democratic Party here in Smith County, there's a lot of work to do to get yes. things changed. Uh, and I'm working in the background on that. Um, we will we will overcome this chairman. Uh, We will. That's all. Uh, So at any rate, uh, I am uh, chair of Precinct 19, which stretches from Lindale onto the uh, eastern border of Hideaway. So I will sign off with that. Okay. And and right now, as as a matter of fact, Mr. Dave Hanson serves as our president of the uh, Smith County Democratic Club, and so we're so grateful to have him serving in that position and uh, as an interim. 
and uh, until we go forward. And also we have, along with uh, Mr. Dave, we have Miss Deanna, uh, Miss Mitzi, and Miss Tony on, all very dedicated, hardworking Democrats and precinct chairs uh, here in the area. So we'll, we'll start with Miss Deanne. Miss Deanne, say hello to all of the people that are listening all across the United States of America. Go ahead, Miss Deanne. I mute your lines. I don't know if their lines are muted or not, Miss Rihanna. But Miss Dion and Miss Mitzi and Miss Tony, you can unmute your lines and say hello and, and good evening to um, our listeners across the nation. Dr. McKellar, I'm going to jump in. This is Mitzi Rusk, and I'm a local precinct chair, precinct 54. And boy, do we have a lot of work to do this next 106 days before we elect our new president. So I'm so excited to be a part of the Smith County Democrats. Um, I had not ever lived this close. I think you talked earlier in this show about the KKK and some of these current events, and I've never lived this close to this type of, of anger and, and hate groups in my life. And I grew up in Dallas when we were desegregated, and I had no idea that places like Tyler were so far behind the Pine Curtain. And I'm happy to see some of these, you know, steps become public. And I am all about um, supporting and being a peaceful protester in our community to stand up for some of these things that need to be changed, not just the outward names, but the deep inner systemic changes that need to be done, including judicial reform. Beautiful. So well, so well said. And let me just give give everybody just a little tidbit uh, of what great leaders uh, that we have on this uh, show tonight. Uh, Miss Mitzi and and Dr. Nichols uh, got together with me and reached out. Uh, Miss Mitzi has a, a son who who is one of our uh, essential workers, healthcare workers here in Tyler. And she says, "Look, we the the nurses." Uh, and the medical people need masks, and they need it in the worst sort of way. Uh, this was at the onset of COVID when we didn't have enough PPEs available. And, and because of Ms. Mitzi and Dr. Nichols, we were able to put, uh, put and, and as well as, as, as Dion and Tony, we were able to pull together uh, 10, 12 ladies, who got together and started making masks, and we made 1,000. We had a goal of 1,500. We made 1,000 masks, uh, and I just, just was able to put them out there to the community. These ladies uh, put their monies in, bought fabric, uh, bought everything that we needed, and so we were able to provide for two of the hospitals. We were able to provide for nursing homes, uh, child care uh, facilities and some people personally in the community, and it's because of their leadership that we were able to do that. So it, it takes me back to what Jen Lewis says all the time, and even our ancestors would say, when you see something that needs to be done, you do it. Get out there and make it happen, and these ladies did. And so I thank them and I salute them as often as I possibly can for the great work and the leadership that they're doing here in our community. Okay. So let's hear from Ms. Dionne. Ms. Dionne, unmute your phone if you're there. How about Ms. Tony? I don't know if they're still on or not. Uh, Ms. Rihanna, I don't know. but um, Shirley, let's, can let's, you hear me now? Yes, I can. Very good. Thank you for unmuting. Go right ahead. Introduce yourself to us. My name is, is Deanne Fox. 
and I came to Tyler four years ago. Uh, I I had lived in born and raised in Utah, and then we moved to Minnesota, and then we moved to Omaha, Nebraska, and then moved here. And I have never, just like Mitzi, seen such hate and animosity. I mean, I just have never been exposed to it. And it devastates me. And so I am so pleased that you have been so open with me and accepting me as your Caucasian sister and making me feel so welcomed and and and, and so welcomed into your heart and into your your souls and and sharing with me your history cuz I had no idea growing up in Utah none <laughs> and I hate what I'm seeing yes yes thank you so much for that uh, Ms. Dion and, and I'm share with you Professor Nataka are you still there Professor Nataka actually are you there Professor Nataka her her call dropped again yes. I think her she's dropped. Okay. having Dion, some technical issues right well Ms. Dion and I have something really in common you heard her say that that she also moved to Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, went to, to uh, University of, of Nebraska uh, at Omaha at, uh, after I went to Tyler Junior College uh, for a stint. And then uh, my daughter actually was born in Omaha, Nebraska. So, so we, have, we have that close connection with each other as far as Omaha, Nebraska <laughs> <laughs> she was born. She was born in Archbishop Bergen Mercy Hospital. Do you remember that hospital? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. One of the lead. As a matter of fact, it's so amazing. Uh, when my mother became ill and she was in Omaha, Nebraska, visiting with uh, some of my siblings, and she became ill, and so I. I put my businesses on hold, that it put it into the hands of others because I owned a, a home health care agency at that time and took on a travel nurse position and actually worked in the delivery room where my daughter was born uh, at Archbishop Burger Mercy. Uh, so, uh, boy, it came full circle for me, but um, it's, a, it's a great That's hospital. A, and it's a great That's story, Sherry. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, okay, what about Miss Tony? Are you there, Miss Tony? Okay, all right. Mr. Arthur, we're going to pull back to you. Any, any, we're getting close to the end of the show. We really appreciate everybody for coming in. And I don't know if Dr. Nichols has any other comments and things that she'd like to say. And listen, that Dr. Nichols actually is my sidekick on a Thursday show, and uh, and she brings uh, such amazing information uh, to the show on Thursday. So we really appreciate all of the work and all of the things that the ladies do in order to make happen. Make it happen. So, Dr. Dr. Nancy Nichols, go ahead. Thank you. I just just wanted to bring an FYI that um, just this afternoon, Hidalgo County, which is down on the Rio Grande uh, border in McAllen, that area just issued shelter at home and curfews that are in place until August 5th. Quite honestly, I am very glad that, that they are having 35 and more deaths 
per day just there in that county. They're in dire straits when it comes to uh, medical staff, and I appreciate that they're taking this seriously. I wish that some of our elected officials um, would here in, in our local area would take it seriously as well. Obviously, they don't because most of them Present company excluded, Councilwoman Shirley McKellar has always appeared in public with masks, social distancing, headgear, gloves, sometimes an out-and-out hazmat suit. It's just amazing. (laughs) But what it says to the public is this is serious, this is for real, that Dr. McKellar cares about the public, cares about each individual enough to put on a mask, which is not uh, the most aesthetically pleasing attire. However, she does have some very interesting, gorgeous masks that now match all of her outfits. So I have to compliment her on that because the rest of us are just stumbling by with medical masks or whatever we can pull together. Um, and, and anyway, we're glad that Hidalgo County is taking this seriously and certainly hope that more leaders in Smith County will be concerned about our public welfare here. Thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Dr. Nichols. Listen, the one thing that I can tell you that we must do, and that is that we have to protect and serve uh, the people in our communities. And, And Mr. Arthur can tell you this, and we were talking about this just a little early on, uh, in the show, we were saying that in the military, if they told you to put on your mop gear, uh, we had mop one, two, three, four. If they told you, Mr. Arthur, to put your mop gear on, did you tell them I'm not going to put that on? I don't want to put that hot uh, piece of garment on that's covering me from head to toe. Is that what you told them, Mr. Arthur? Not as part of the program. I was learning. <laughs> I was, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> If they told you, if they told you there's some chemicals that's falling in this area where we're getting ready to go into, and we want you to get in Mop Four, we can get into Mop Four fast enough because we didn't want the chemicals to kill us, where we were not able to breathe. I can't breathe, and then I die. So it was no discussion whether you put your gear on or not. You covered yourself from head to toe. Mm-hmm. Look, look at the American people. We have the discipline to actually do this. We we don't have the leadership. It, it, it's it's a it's a shame. Hopefully, what will come out of this is, uh, you know, when when when, when folks show up with these kind of characteristics, and we're gonna have the whole Republican Party accountable. But when we sit in the lead with these kind of characteristics, maybe this time. They'll listen to us. You know, black folks, we already, you know, we was telling him before he got in there, hey, y'all, he's a crook. Y'all got to know he's a crook because we know he's a crook. But they but they put him in anyway. And now they go, and then they pretended he was normal up until about a month ago. Now now they all agree he's crazy. So, you know, the press has something to do with it. You know, they hyped him up, got him all up in there because they were selling, you know, products or whatever. And so that's how we got him, you know, so. Again, it's not blame go around, but uh, but what we need to do is focus on what this new America is going to look like. We don't need to go back to what it was. That's over. Uh, it's kind of like you know, at the stage of grief. We need to just go just go and finish grieving about the other America and start focusing on what this new one's going to look like. 
so that's interesting you said that and you termed that like that because I want the, the rest of the team that just joined us to know that early on uh, we had Professor Nataka, Michaela Nataka, my daughter, on uh, talking about the grief process, and, uh, and, and we talked about all the different stages. And I, I mentioned the fact that I studied the, uh, Dr. Kubler-Ross's uh, stages of grief, which was the five stages. My daughter mentioned uh, other, um, other um, medical people and scientists that went through several other stages to include 19 different ones, and I had not heard of that, that particular one. Uh, but there's a lot of pieces uh, to, uh, to grief. So what Mr. Arthur is actually saying now is that that we can look at the old America as we once knew it, and well, the one prior to COVID, not the old old America, uh, not the one where uh, where we hear Trump saying "Make America Great Again," and we don't know exactly uh, which America he's talking about. But 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 Mr. Arthur is talking about the death. Of, of the America that as we know that the normacy as we recognize and know it prior to COVID. And, and I agree with him 100% that we will never return back. We will never return back to the way that we were accustomed uh, to living, that we can expect our school districts and every single thing that we're encountered in our lives will be changed from henceforth on. And, and we talked about that early on and the fact that, that, we have to grieve that. So what he's saying and what you're saying, Mr. Arthur Wright, is that we have to grieve through that old America and begin to accept the new America. Is that what you're saying to us? Yeah, and like I said earlier, you know, when I asked about is there a such thing as a happy griever? You know, some of us are going to be grieving happily. Some of us are going to be grieving sadly. So, you know, but I'm just saying, just you know, just, you know, just go ahead through your stages and uh, start focusing on, uh, you know, the new America. And again, like they speaking into existence, what you want to see, whatever it is you want, this new one to look like, you need to represent. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Very good. Well, we're getting close to the end, Ms. Rihanna. If you have any other comments of anything that we've talked about or anything that we want to throw in there. And remember, we mm-hmm. want to buy uh, the, uh, the Dr. Trump's book, uh, we want to read that book. We want to make her a filthy rich person because she was, uh, as we know, was uh, her inheritance was taken away from her uh, by her uncle, uh, did not share the uh, monies that she was supposed to get from her grandfather, and which was, uh, her, mm-hmm. I believe it was her father. It wasn't, it, was it not her father is the one that, he, that yeah, Trump's Trump big brother. passed away? Mm-hmm. Trump's oldest, Trump's oldest right. brother. Yes. Okay. The one that experienced a lot, uh, a lot of hardship during his life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, well, actually, I think Don him drove the, uh, drove the poor fella crazy. Drove yeah, he, 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 mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, Dr. McKellar, I wanted to. I know we've mentioned this before, but I found a really good um, article with some great information, so I'm going to post this just to remind people one more time that. In general, you are putting your mask on to protect other people. And so other people, um, people who are rejecting wearing a mask, it's important for us to understand um, what that statement is. And if they don't know the statement that they're making, if they think their statement is my body, my choice, 
that's not the statement that they're actually making. They're sort of spitting in your face. Um, because unless you are wearing a medical-grade respirator mask that's put on properly, you're yeah. not wearing PPE that is meant to protect you. The mask, the cloth mask that we're wearing, the, the medical-looking mask with the, the blue on the outside that we're wearing protects others. So it's just really yeah. important that we remember that, um, that it's not just coughing, but all the droplets that come from your mouth and your face, clearing your throat, speaking, all of those droplets, that's what we're keeping contained within our own mask. We're protecting others when we wear it. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I'm working with uh, Reverend Kia State of Metaphor, where uh, HHS, they got a a mask program where they're getting masks out out to our community. So I don't know if I don't know they're doing that there in Tyler, but I would encourage y'all to check and mm-hmm. see if y'all can get a mass distribution program down there where they just, you know, pass them out to the community. Uh, you know, they got a little, you know, a little program. Right. Huh? If, you come into a, if you come into a certain area and you don't have a mask and the masks are enforced, they, they will, masks are being disseminated, especially in the churches and in certain areas. Uh, yes, we, as a matter of fact, I gave out 250 masks to, uh, and these were these were in KN95. They were top grade masks, okay. and uh, and so to an apartment okay. complex that had an outbreak. So yes, we we, we do have a program question. that's going on. Go ahead. Question. Question. Look here. I see I see masks commercials on where they selling masks, and I hear what you're saying right there. But then I see I see those I see these the doctors and stuff in these different hospitals. That's been on floor down. They say they have to reuse the same things over and over again. I'm saying, you know, so what's up? I mean, what gives with that? Yeah, I'm seeing them on TV. That, they say they still, they, they say they still don't have. They, they say still they, they don't have enough. And that tells us that tells us how many sick people. It, as a matter of fact, we here in Tyler we ordered seventy five thousand masks. As I mentioned, that's why Miss Mitzi and Dr. Nichols uh, came to me mm-hmm. and said we need to. We need to put some masks together because it took us nine weeks, nine weeks, those masks, those KN95s and K95s came out of uh, China, uh, as a matter of fact. And that's why it took so long. And because we have so many people who are coming sick with this disease, they can't keep enough of PPEs available. They can't, the ventilators, we know exactly how many we have in our hospital, how many people who are on and everything. Dr. Nichols makes sure that she puts that, disseminate that information out to people on Facebook and on social media so people will see that this is really a serious issue and that we need to, and the only way that we're going to be able to mitigate this is that everybody has to be doing the same identical thing for a period of time so that we can get a hold to this. Uh, it's a serious matter. It really is. So, Dr. Well, Nichols, I believe you have a – go ahead, Mr. Arthur. You have something? I say, I say, I say you know, so you know, to answer my own question, you know, the people in charge not interested in our health, bottom line. So it's a shame. But uh, but but we but we need to do what we can to take care of ourselves and take care of your family. And make sure that they know what they're supposed to do, uh, you know, and just you know, just just practice the stuff. You know what you got. Exactly right. Wash hands. There you go. 
Absolutely. Very good. Thank you for that. Dr. Nichols, did you have any more guests on with us tonight, any more of our precinct chairs? And we so appreciate the service that our precinct chairs have stepped up and is rendering into Smith County. Uh, We want to fill some more seats and get those seats all filled up. And we thank uh, Dr. Nichols, who is our new uh, committee woman uh, here in uh, the first district uh, of East Texas, and all the great work that she is doing in registering people and getting us motivated and encouraged to get out to the polls and get more people registered to vote. And we are working really, really hard in getting our young people, uh, some of them are at the ages of 25 and 27 that have never voted before, but boy, are they ready and willing uh, to get out there and help us to make a change. Dr. Nichols, any more any more precinct chairs on with us tonight? I don't believe that we have any others, but you know, our precinct chairs are pretty independent. They just come and go and they show up everywhere. So that's yeah. all I can <laughs> say about that. Oh, very good. I, any I do have one more really positive thing. Yes, Being yes. a baseball fan, that Dr. Fossey is throwing the first pitch for the Nationals. For the Yankees okay. opener, I love it. That's outstanding. Let's let's talk quickly a little bit. We got about four more minutes. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Dr. Fossey, and 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 we all know that Dr. Fossey is the leading uh, disease infectious disease control uh, professional in the in the country, and he's been around a long, long time. And so it, it, it was heartbreaking for a lot of us medical people in particular who could not see him, uh, and, and for some reason, I don't, we don't know exactly what was going on, but now I think we know that he is back out there, and I don't know if he's, he's making his comments from, uh, from the White House group or if he decided to go, because the people were saying, okay, if Dr. Fossey cannot uh, be out there and, and bring us up to date each day on what's going on, he needs to start his social media and, and put the information out there for us via social media. Uh, he's an amazing guy, and, uh, and, and he's quite brilliant, and I have followed him down through the times, and so um, I respect uh, what he has put out there for us. And, and let me just say that that this is a new disease. I mean, the coronavirus is, is something we haven't seen this uh, before. And, and It ain't nothing like no flu. It ain't nothing like no flu. They need to stop that line. <laughs> they need to stop that. Nothing like the flu. Huh? Much worse than the flu. Much worse than the flu. But It has a blood clotting component. That ain't nothing like the flu. Yes. A blood clot component. That's right. There you go. That's not there like the go. flu. And, and and it can attack any and every organ in your body and shut That's it down. That's not like yeah. the flu. That's not like yeah. the flu. Yeah. Not like the flu. That's right. Nope. Okay. Well, we've we've just about this nine fifty eight, Miss Rihanna, uh, Mr. Arthur. If you have your final comments, and then I'll make my final ones, and then we'll turn it over to Miss Rihanna. And then she'll end the show for us tonight and play our theme song. And we always, this, this theme song, it, 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 the words are amazing. And so every time I, I hear the theme song, I think about all the work that various people have done uh, throughout this nation in order to make this place a better place for us to live. I think about my ancestors and how they trained and taught us 
how to be involved out there in the community. And when we see some work that needs to be done, don't wait around and, and have somebody else to tell you what you need to do. You know what you need to do in order to make things better. Mr. Arthur, final, final two seconds coming. Yes, Rihanna, I feel a kindred spiritual baby already, uh, uh, you know, being a Caesar baby myself. So I just want you to know yes. that uh, I'm here to play you. I'm here for you. That's right. You're listening. Thank you, brother. Very, and can't ask for a better month to be. My mother's birthday was 5 August, and so you can't ask for a better month to be uh, born. Uh, Dr. Nichols, thank you so much for being on tonight. Thank you so much, Miss Mitzi and Miss Tony, uh, Mr. Dale, Mr. Hanson. And all of the great friends of mine that was on with us tonight, uh, Dion, uh, Dion we, sorry we ran out of time because Dion talked about uh, her trip to Selma, Alabama, and what a great time that we had. And we're so happy that we were able to see Congressman John Lewis for the last time. We're going to be putting together a memorial to share with him. Miss Rihanna, it's all yours. Thank you so very much. God bless each of you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, Miss Rihanna. Donald Trump's winning in November, people. <laughs> <laughs> One day when the glory comes, it will be the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, glory, glory, oh, glory, glory, hands to the heavens, no man, no weapon. Formed against, yes, glory is destined. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, his spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots be on the ground, the camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, glory, 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 oh, glory, glory, now the war is not over, victory isn't won, but we'll fight on to
believe man, woman, and child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a ball ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be ours Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.